Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. That these guys are going to get killed. And I think through that, guys, I think, you know what? We still live in a country where we have a freedom of speech. I don't know how long that's going to last. Use it. Use it. Use your freedom of speech. We're told in James, let me see if that's, or excuse me, in Jude 1.22, and some having compassion, making a distinction, but others, so some when you're talking to have compassion, in context, most likely talking about false teachers, and that's what, you know, you're to, you know, in, in, with compassion, explain to them the wrong with compassion, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the, can we say that together? Fire hating even the garments defiled by the flesh. So we need to make a distinction of who we're, who we're talking with. You know, there's some you're going to have to say with fear. You're going to have to, you know, talk about these things. It, it's so nice when people respond in the right way, though, isn't it? I mean, none of us like getting yelled at. My wife and I, we were with Pastor Chad uh, a little while back. We had to go to our cell phone provider to make some changes and all. But the, guy be, the young guy behind the counter... Literally, when I'm at the counter talking to him, in my mind, I pray, guys, I pray you do this because it's so wonderful, it's so powerful. While he's talking to me, in my mind, I'm praying, Lord, just open a door for me to share, share your love and share the word of God. And so I'm praying that, I'm praying that, and then God just opened the door. And it was just a, a wonderful thing, you know. We started talking about church and all that. And then, you know, as it's so great. He's a young guy, so he's, got, he's on his tablet thing. And so I'm talking about church. He says, what's the name of your church? I go, Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. And then I start telling him. And I says, yeah, we've got uh, two services, 10 a.m., 12 noon. He goes, I know. I've already got you on my tablet here. I'm looking. So he's already looking it up and stuff. But he was very open to hear. And it seemed like to me it's the very first time he ever heard the gospel. And he kept asking questions. And what about this? And um, so I'm baptized. Does that mean I'm saved? When I was an infant, I was baptized. Does that mean I go to heaven? And I said, no. Matter of fact, you don't see anywhere in the Bible there was a, there's infant baptism. He's like, really? No, it's not in there. And he kept asking questions. And then, you know, I just, I could, I think we were there, my wife says, two hours. I could be there right now, still standing there four or five days later. I could, I love talking about these things. Literally, my wife says, yeah, well, you were there for two hours. I was like, two hours, maybe 30 minutes, 20 minutes. She goes, no, two hours. I go, two hours? <laughs> and literally, listen to this. This young man, it was a blessing to spend time with him, but literally says, you know, I want to hear more of this. You know, he says, this makes sense what you're saying. Of course it does. And it's so awesome when people respond that way. But there's going to be times where people are going to get upset at you. And we, we have to beware not to worry so much. And I'm not saying be obnoxious, please. There, I've seen people like this that are just totally obnoxious. I don't believe that's godly. It's not godly to be obnoxious. I, I love the style. What Jesus did with the woman at the well, he sat down and had a conversation with her. And it was, it was interactive as they were talking. It wasn't, you know, so Lord, help us with that. That's, let me leave it at that. I don't want to get myself in trouble. But as we talk about uh, sharing the truth, being punished, I'm sure most of you have heard this already. Did you hear about Canadian pastors jailed for breaching COVID regulations, refusing to tell the court he would stop services? Do you guys hear? How many heard about this already? Well, not even half, not even a quarter. That's all. Yeah, this guy's in jail right now. He's in confinement. 
He's not allowed to see his wife. He's not allowed to see his family. Do you know what his crime is? Doing what I'm doing right now. Wow. Having a church service. And the judge said, all you need to do is tell me, give me your word, you'll go back, you will not have church services anymore, and we'll let you out of jail, out of confinement. He said, sorry, I cannot do that. You let me out, I'm preaching. He's still in jail. That's the world that we're living in right now, guys. I love this quote. It says, rebellion against uh, tyrants is obedience to God. I believe that. Rebellion against tyrants is obedience to God. When, when government or anybody tells you to do something contrary to the word of God, we need to obey God rather than man. Amen? Amen. So he's in jail because he's obeying the Bible. So there will be sometimes persecution that happens. This is in the LA Times. You guys see this? Schultz, he's a, the writer, is, was a born-again Christian, radical Christian. This is in the LA Times. Check this out. This is Linus and, and Lucy. So Linus sighs, right? And Lucy says, stop your stupid sighing. And he says, there's nothing wrong with sighing. She says, there is if, if it bugs somebody or someone. Listen to this. He says, it's scriptural. And she says, is what? And he quotes. He says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. Then he walks away and says, Romans 8th chapter. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to this response. This is classic. She says, I don't know, dot, dot, dot. She says, I'm either going to have to slug him or I'll have to start going back to Sunday school. <laughs> and, and I thought of that and I, I think of this whole passage. This passage is that people sometimes when we share, they don't know if they want to slug us or go to church. Because they're affected by the truth, because the truth should affect people. The truth for these witnesses affected people so much, they called it torment. They were tormented with the truth. They didn't want to hear the truth. Why? Because they were in a dark world. But people still need to hear truth, because that's the only way that they could be set free. But I want to look back. They rejoiced over evil. Question for all of you that are believers. How often are we supposed to rejoice? Always. Always. Wait, you know the scripture. Rejoice in the Lord. Can we say it together? Always. Always. Again, I say? Rejoice. rejoice. We're, we're to rejoice, not sometimes, always. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Can you say it with me, please? Rejoice. Always. Always. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Guys. God wants us to rejoice always. We're not to be people, listen, we're not to be people driven by our circumstances. I hope you understand that. I've been sharing with you how next door, you know, I met with the architect. We sat down and, and, and made up some plans that we're going to submit to the city for next door and all that. It's going marvelous. It's going wonderful. Thank you for praying. Keep praying. Because we're still negotiating things. But there was something that took place, and it's too premature. I can't even talk about all the details of it. But one of the things that took place, I, I was very discouraged about. I was very bothered by it. It was really bothering me. And, and I would, like, in the middle of the night, I'd wake up, and I'm thinking about it. I go back to sleep, wake up in the morning, thinking about it. And it was just really, really kind of trying to discourage me. And, and through it, I believe the Lord was saying to me, just rejoice in me. Don't you trust me? 
And I had to give it to the Lord. I, I had to keep submitting it to him and say, well, God, it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem, it's, it's wrong. And I, and I was going through that whole struggle of, you know, it just doesn't make sense and why and why. And then it's like, I, I submit it to you, but then I had to just say, you know what, God, I'm just going to rejoice in you. I'm going to trust you. And listen, when I finally did that, when I finally got my mind and my thoughts off of my circumstances, I was able to think clearly. And now, through prayer, the Lord gave me wisdom to show me actually what was bothering me the worst was probably one of the best things for us and for the church. But I didn't get that in my confusion. I didn't get that in my discouragement. I didn't get that. Why? Because my head was cloud, clouded with discouragement. And when the discouragement was gone and my rejoicing, I'm just thanking the Lord, rejoicing like, God, I just submitted to you. I'm doing my best. I'm not being rebellious. I'm not trying to you know, be prideful. I'm just trying my best to do your will. This is your church. I give it to you. I rejoice in you. How are you going to do it, God? You know, I, I think you should do it this way, but if you want to do it this way, that's up to you. And then he showed me, guess what? His way is better than my way. And it always is. You see, it's called faith. We are called to be people of faith. You're not always going to figure it out. We're to walk by faith and not by sight. We're to trust the Lord. It's different if you're in sin. It's different if you're rebellious. It's different if you're fighting God. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you're submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you want his will. You want his purposes. You want whatever he wants. And sometimes it's not going to be the way you want it. And then when you surrender that to him, you give it to him, it's called a walk of faith. It's what we're all called to do. You see, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible, impossible to please God. Impossible. For those that believe in him, we're to believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We're called to a walk of faith. We're called to trust him. And let me encourage you, when there's things going on in your life which you don't understand, I, can, I just want to encourage you the best way I can, keep rejoicing in him, submit it to him, and thank him for the situation that you're in. Because let me tell you this, walking with the Lord for many years, Father knows best. He knows best. With my wife, meeting my wife, I, I waited five years praying, not even dating, just seeking the Lord, and I thought it was an eternity. The time, the five, it was just terrible. It was just like, really, God? After meeting my wife, I can say this, I'll, I would wait, now that I know how good it is with being with my wife, I will wait a hundred times that. And some things are worth waiting for. God's timing is perfect. God knows what he's doing. It's an act of faith when you rejoice in him, even when your circumstances aren't the way that you would hope your circumstances to be. Can I encourage you, please? Rejoice in him. You see, if when I was single, I was so caught up in not having a, a spouse at that time, which the enemy wanted to do with me, I never would have found the spouse that God had for me. Why? Because I would have been walking around in total despair and discouragement instead of in the joy of the Lord. It's an act of faith. These people, during the time of tribulation, they're going to rejoice in evil. Can I suggest as a believer, we're not to just rejoice in good. We're to rejoice always. No matter what our circumstances are, can I please encourage you, keep rejoicing in him. Don't let your circumstances control your life. Do not let your circumstances hurt and hinder your walk with Jesus Christ because it will if you allow it to. Back in our text, verse 11, as we pick up, it says, now after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them 
and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. Can you imagine? They went from great rejoicing to great fear. You're, you're, they're, they're going to be on their smartphones. They're going to be on their laptops. They're going to be on their computers. They're going to be watching television. They're going to watch their dead bodies. People are like, yeah, look at them. They're dead. Yeah, look at this. And they're going to have gifts. They're going to be partying. And then all of a sudden, they're like, whoa. These guys stand up by the power of God and God's spirit. And then there's a voice from heaven saying, come up here. And they ascend to heaven in a cloud. And their enemies, can you say that with me? Saw them. Those in Jerusalem, they'll see them. Those on their smartphones, they're going to see it. You see, it brought fear. They went from a false rejoicing, as we're going to see, it went to a godly fear. You see, what I believe what's happening is they're, they're realizing there's a God. There really is a God. And it affects them. People that are not walking with the Lord, when they start realizing there's a God, they realize that they're accountable. They have to make changes. When my sister would share God stories with me, things that God was doing in her life, miracles and things, like unbelievable things, and I, I would first, I would think, you know, how, does God really want that intimate relationship with us? Is this real? And the more she would tell me about God, the more she would tell me about how God's working in her life, I realized, wait, it brought fear in me because I was like, it sounds like there's really a God that creates us, and I'm not walking with him. And it, it brings, it should bring a godly fear when you realize. You see, when we as believers, we hear God's stories, when we see God at work, we, we should rejoice in that. We, that shouldn't bring fear in us. You see, brought fear in them. Why? Because they weren't walking with God. They were rejoicing in evil. But it woke them up, as we're going to see. I, I love, personally, I love God's stories, and I want to encourage you guys. We should all have God stories in our lives, meaning things that God's doing. We should share those things, encourage other believers. Our eye doctor, he shared a story with us how he puts New Testament uh, Bibles in his waiting room, and he, he puts them in a box that says, uh, free, take one. And he told us this story, my wife and I, how he had a letter on his desk from his receptionist from a, a, a Jewish man named Elijah. Listen to this. The Jewish man says, hi, my name is Elijah. He says, I felt the Lord wanted me to go into your office even though I didn't have an appointment. He says, and when I did, I saw the New Testament Bibles there and I took one home with me and I read the whole New Testament and I want you to know I became a Christian after reading it. So I want to thank you. Signed, Elijah. You see, we rejoice when we hear about what God is doing and supernaturally working in people's hearts, and that's how it should be. But the world, it, it could bring fear, and it should bring fear. In the same hour, verse 13, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed. And the rest were, can we say that? The rest were afraid. They're seeing God at work. And, can we say this together? And gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. I find it interesting when Jesus Christ died on the cross. Remember in Matthew 27, it tells us there was the earthquake. There was an earthquake. He yielded up his spirit when he died. Behold, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom, and the earth, can we say it together, quaked, and the rocks were split. Interesting, on the third day when he rose, on Sunday, when he rose up from the dead, what does it say? 
Mary Magdalene was there with the other Mary. And it says, and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. And the angel sat on it. I always get a visual. I don't know why. It's just, just kind of like sitting on the, the stone. It's just, pray for me. I just think we're sometimes. Great earthquake. Interesting. These two godly men rise up from the dead. And the earth quakes. God is moving. But the point I want to get here is they gave glory to the God of heaven. If you're a note taker, Glory means they gave God honor. They gave him praise. They gave him the reverence due to a king. They realized that there is a God and they, they honored him as God. God wants to save everyone and he'll do whatever it takes to save people. God loves people. And sometimes God will use tragedies in order to get people's attentions. This, this whole pandemic thing, it's definitely got many people's attention. He's shaking people up. I I believe spiritually there's been an earthquake in the spiritual realm, shaking. I've never seen anything. Have you ever seen anything like this? I've never seen a shaking going on in families, like an earthquake. He's shaking up families. He's shaking up churches. He's shaking up denominations. Do you know there's a thing going on right now in denominations that because of the shaking that's going on, it's kind of showing all of us where we really stand. Do you know I'm... As I mentioned before, like I'm on a text feed, but I'm, I'm on a text feed with many people, many pastors from different denominations. Why? Because we're like-minded, like never before. I had a family here was talking about how their church is still not open, and she was, you know, saying, what do you think I should say to my pastor? And I said, well, and it says, you know, you need to talk to him prayerfully. I says, but um, maybe make these suggestions. Jesus said that I open a door that no one can shut, that it's Jesus that opens up the door in the church, that I don't think he has a right, I don't think I have a right, I don't think anybody has a right to shut the doors. That's what I personally believe. I said another thing I like to tell my pastor friends is we're not a state-run church. I said I don't really like when I say that though, but that's what I tell them, we're not a state-run church. If the Bible says something, we need to, to look at the Bible. So God's shaking people up like never before. God loves people, and he'll do whatever it takes. I am so thankful that my sister said a prayer, God, do whatever it takes to save him. I use that prayer a lot. Do whatever it takes to save them. There was a gentleman, uh, he's here at first service. I don't know if he's here at second service. He might be here, but he's uh, recently been coming to our church. His name is John. I won't give you his last name because I didn't get his permission, but it's so funny. He says, you know, I've been uh, church shopping for a long time, and he says, uh, he says, I hate it. It's a terrible thing. He says, because uh, and he asked me personally, he goes, uh, he goes, how about you? Have you done any church shopping lately? I said, no, nah, I kind of got a gig thing going on here. I don't really <laughs> shop around for churches right now, but I can't imagine. He's, but it was such a blessing. And this, this gentleman has known the Lord for years. And he basically, what he said that really encouraged me, he says, when I came here, I realized there's a heartbeat in this church. And meaning there's life here. And there is life here. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He's here. His spirit is moving. He's working. And we're doing our best to allow him to lead his church. I'm an under-shepherd. He is the shepherd of the church. And I don't get my marching orders. I try not to get my marching orders from anyone but him. 
I surround myself with people that love the Lord. I bounce things around with them and pray and ask them to show me in any way if you feel that I'm going anyway in the wrong direction. But a shepherd doesn't, a shepherd's not to be one that is asking the sheep, oh, would you guys like to go over here? Yeah. <laughs> How about if we, would you think about, oh, maybe we can, you don't, oh, you don't want to go there. Okay, well, let's just stay here. The shepherd leads. He's not following the sheep. That's a poor example of someone calling themselves a shepherd. It's not good. That's what's going on way too much these days. Pray that this church is always led by the Lord and His Holy Spirit in everything that we do. And it must, it must, it must always line up with the Word of God. Not taking Scripture out of context to make it say what you want it to say, but in context what it does say. Amen? Amen. None of that's in my notes. I don't know where I was going with any of that, but uh, there you go. So they gave glory to God. They were changed. I'm sure God doesn't want to have to send an earthquake to kill 7,000 people. I'm sure God doesn't want to have to do things that way. He would rather that people would just turn and repent and come to him, but he'll do whatever it takes in people's lives. As we close, in the time of tribulation, these two men, these two witnesses will be used very, very powerfully by God in a powerful way. I suggest to you the reason why is because they're submitted to the will of God, wanting to do whatever God wants them to do, not coming to the earth with an agenda, not coming to the earth with showing God what he must do, but submitting to the lordship of God, doing what God wants them to do. You see, during the time of tribulation, These two men have a mission. These two men have an assignment. And as we read, as we went through those verses, those 14 verses, they completed their assignment. Might I suggest to every one of us that are believers here today, God has a mission for you. God has an assignment for you. You see, their time will be during the time of tribulation, but your time is now. My time is now. God has placed all of us on this earth for a time such as this to complete what he wants to do. Do you know your mission? Do you know what you're called to do? Are you surrendered to his lordship? Are you surrendered to his will? You see, being a Christian is not you dictating your life, telling God what he must do. That's not a Christian. You see, when you said, God, be Lord, that means you surrender your life to him. That means you allow him to take over your life. You see, remember that bumper sticker used to drive me crazy? God is my co-pilot? You're in the wrong seat. If God is your co-pilot, you're in the wrong seat. He doesn't want to be your co-pilot. He wants you to be in the back. He wants to drive. He wants to lead. He wants to direct. You look to him. Guys, These two men will be used. We read their story. It will come to pass. God's word cannot lie. My question to all of us, what has he called us to do? And are we accomplishing the mission that he set before us? The time here, I believe, is short. That's my understanding of it. Could be long. We could be here for another 30, 40, 50 years. I don't believe so, but it's possible. But still, that's a very short piece of time when you compare it to all eternity. They were used mightily. They were used in a powerful way. Lord, I pray that we would get a hold of 
that for which Christ Jesus has got a hold of us, that we would take hold of what God called us to do. And may we, as the Bible said, may we not look back. May we look forward. May we look to him, Jesus Christ, the author. He began the work in you and the finisher. He'll complete it if you look to him, the author and finisher of our faith. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. Hopefully, we'll see you here later today. God bless you. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Now, may we continue to go to his throne of mercy as he changes us from glory to glory.